you know, I got there and I got to that point and, and realized, well, you know, I'm not happy. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we have Eric Stafford. I think I first heard about Eric from a buddy of mine, Colin Therio. And uh, you guys are good buddies, eh, Eric? We are. I've known Colin for a number of years. He's a very good dude. Now, you come from a, uh, an advertising and design background. You won a bunch of awards, and you've been a serial entrepreneur, product creator, and so forth, uh, lending your expertise to, to multiple businesses over time. How did you get into you know the advertising world, and maybe take us through your sort of superhero origin story about how you got into all this stuff? Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, I guess you could probably say, um, Dave, that my life has been a series of realizations and moments where I just, you know, sort of was like, well, this just isn't going to cut it anymore. And I'm not sure if you could say that's true about everyone, but I think that's probably true about most people. I think most people, you know, when they look back on their life with a critical eye, they can kind of see where they had these very specific moments where they just decided, look, something's got to change, right? Um, and I know that uh, I'm, a, I'm a marketing wonk, so I read a lot of books. I know that Malcolm Gladwell called this a Harajuku moment, right. a moment, a defining moment, right? And I think Tim Ferriss may have, may have stolen that from him and used it in one of his books as well. But um, the, the first one that I can think of specifically as it relates to business was, um, you know, I had two young kids and we had built a very successful advertising agency here in Southwest Florida, but I was working 80 hour weeks. And I just, um, you know, I just one morning realized, look, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this forever. You know, I, I will work my way into a grave and my kids will be, you know, grown and gone and I will, I will never know them. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a painful realization because my entire life I had wanted growing up to be a creative director in an ad agency. Right. Um, and so I, you know, I got there and I got to that point and, and realized, well, you know, I'm not happy. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, we were winning all these incredible awards, Addy Awards and Ardo Awards, and um, we were getting featured in all sorts of press. We were doing incredible work for clients that really inspired me, but it just, it just wasn't sustainable as far as I was concerned. And so I realized I had to make a change. And so, um, you know, I majored in fine art, grew up, got to the position that I wanted to be in, in sort of the creative world. I was running an ad agency, um, the creative, the creative department of an ad agency. And so, uh, I realized something had to change. And so I started researching, uh, different businesses that I may start. And that led me into internet marketing. It led me to creating my first products and things of that nature. Um, and I developed a bunch of digital products. I had uh, built an incredibly successful business. Um, and then one morning woke up and realized that I was unhappy with that business. And I understand right now that I'm probably coming across as the most ungrateful turd on the planet. Uh, but, but that's literally what happened to me. Yeah. 
Well, that's exactly why I wanted you on the show. I'd seen a video of yours. I think you went on a, it was a Facebook Live or something, and you were talking about, you know, how you woke up one day and just realized, and it sounds like for the second time or, or more, that this wasn't what you wanted to be doing. And, uh, you know, I have definitely felt that way for sure. I definitely instantly related to that. I'd started other businesses in the past and, and gone on for, in some cases, years and then realized, uh, this is just not uh, what I thought it would be and I definitely don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, I, I would just outright <laughs> just quit like that day, basically. Right. And, and right. As, if, as, if I, as if I was never interested in it at all. You know? And uh, yeah. so that's... That's uh, so. Maybe talk about that. I mean, uh, I think it takes a while to get to that point too. That maybe people don't even realize. Because I know I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. You know, I tend to think that entrepreneurs are wired a little bit differently than than normal people, and you know, most entrepreneurs, myself included, um, aren't willing really so much to settle. And so, even if I were willing to settle, I don't think the universe is willing to let me settle. And, and so, right. that's the whole reason that I quote unquote quit my job to begin with was because I just didn't didn't feel that working that many hours and missing that much of my kid's life was something that I could put up with, right? And so, that's why I quit my job to begin with. And so, when this happened a second time in my business, um, when I fast forward from um, you know, from the early 2000s to like 2008, uh, and, and this happened in my own business, um, it was a very sort of similar thing. It was like, uh, you know, I woke up and realized I hated my business, but it was quite a bit, it was quite a bit harder for me to get my head around and it was quite a bit harder for me to stomach. Um, but it's, it's a very similar feeling. It's like, right, well, you know, I'm not willing to do this anymore. This just doesn't work for me anymore. But when you're an entrepreneur and it's your own business and it's something you've built with your own two hands from scratch, uh, especially, you know, when you're in an industry, you know, uh, sort of similar to the industry that I was working in at the time, you know, I was working in sort of like personal development, online marketing, um, digital, digital, uh, product development and things like that. Uh, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to admit um, and, and I think this may be true for a lot of business owners, it's difficult to admit that you're unhappy when you've worked so hard to build something that on the surface appears to be going so well. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, at the time, uh, I was spending all the time in the world that I wanted with my kids. Uh, my wife and I were extremely happy. Uh, I had built it. I had engineered a life that I really wanted, that I really uh, had always envisioned. But the physical act of doing the work that it took to, to live that life, um, I hated it. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, right. Uh, and it's, it's tough to admit that, you know, there's uh, people that subscribe to entrepreneurial style followings. Um, there's a lot of talk about being grateful and about gratitude and about abundance. And so it's very difficult, um, you know, to say that you're unhappy. You can be grateful and yet unhappy, but I didn't quite understand the distinction at the time. And so I just remember a very long period of time uh, of me sort of thinking to myself like, Eric, what's wrong with you, man? Why are you so unmotivated? Why are you right. so depressed? Like, look at you know, look at the money you make, and, and look at how you get to live your life. Like, if you told any of your friends that you felt this way, they would they would laugh at you. They would right. think you're an idiot. Right. Um, but but I couldn't hide. I couldn't hide from those feelings. I, I you know I, I clearly was not happy. And so it's a very difficult thing when you're an entrepreneur to so, sort of own that and separate it from thoughts of like not being grateful or not feeling abundant. 
Yeah. That, that what, that's what you mean when you refer to the secret sadness. It is, yeah. It's sort of this painful solo, um, you know, journey that entrepreneurs have to take. And, and, you know, I've not heard anyone else talking about this, and yet I know it to be true for a lot of my peers and my colleagues and my friends. And, um, you know, I'm... I'm I'm grateful that when I went through this process, and as you had said, um, I've gone through this process three times now, but I'm grateful that, uh, you know, I kept the rails on somewhat for each of those um, three transitions, right? But, you know, I know a lot of people where this process has led to, um, you know, heavy heavy alcohol abuse and heavy drug abuse and um, lots of you know trips to Vegas and foolish spending of money, interactions with prostitutes, cheating on spouses, uh, even in some cases suicide. Wow! And um, it, it's just it's a it's a secret sadness that not many entrepreneurs are really able to talk about or discuss and um, and own. You know, it's very difficult to aim the lens at yourself. And I certainly know I didn't feel like I could talk with my wife about this. You know, my wife just wanted to know that everything was going to be fine and that we would still be able to get Evan the private soccer lessons and that we'd still be able to take the summer road trip. And, um, you know, so I very much felt alone in this journey. I, I didn't feel like I could speak with any of my colleagues or peers. I didn't want anyone to perceive me as being weak. Um, and so it just was this sort of thing that I just sort of sat with. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, I think that's, I've seen that. I think I saw it until we started talking here just recently about this. I, you know, I sort of reflected knowing that you were coming on the show, just kind of like, you know, where have I seen this elsewhere? You know, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I can pinpoint a few other people where I just like, they said things to me at the time which didn't really register. And I thought to myself, probably what you, like you were saying about your friends, uh, how they would have judged you. I think I probably, I never said it to their face, but I probably judged them thinking, like, man, you're. Are you fucking insane? Like you got everything going for you right now. I don't, you know, what's this guy talking about? But I was just kind of like, oh man, I'm sure it'll pass, kind of thing, you know. And then, I, and then I had it happen, uh, you know, to me on at least one occasion where I was just like, man, I just don't want to do this. I just, and I think it was a sort of multifactorial problem that sort of I came into, and in that I really just wasn't what I thought it was. I didn't really want to do it anymore because uh, I, I enjoyed one aspect of it, but not the other six, you know. Yeah, I could. I remember thinking to myself like, "Really? Like I worked so hard for this, and and, and it's finally. It was at that point, it was finally going somewhere. It wasn't even that successful yet, but you could see that it was going to be. And right. Was, and I was like, and then I just blew it up, you know, because I was like, man, I just, just not. I don't want to do this. So, for you, and you've done this now uh, three times. Where did you start with? Uh, at first, did you realize like I got to? You know, I mean, obviously quit but uh, but i mean did you have a specific plan of action that you were going to take or, or did you later come into that well i mean i i think it all starts with that sort of harajuku moment that moment where you're like shit what have i done <laughs> like <laughs> right. that moment that moment where you go how did i how did i get here <laughs> you know and and um it's funny because you know i can track moments like that throughout my life now that i know what to look for in terms of you know relationships or in terms of my health, you know, if uh, if you're overweight, you know, you you will never lose the weight that you want until you have that moment. Yeah. No amount of your spouse beating on you, you know, I speak from experience. I lost 60 pounds over the last several years, and uh, it wasn't easy. Yeah, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. it. It wasn't easy, but it became so much easier 
once I had that moment. And that moment in terms of my weight loss was I actually was flying somewhere and couldn't get a seatbelt around me. Right. And and the stewardess said to me, do you want a seatbelt extender, which apparently in America is a thing, which is even <laughs> creepier. Um, but, but, but anyway, uh, that was the moment, dude, where I was like, this has to change. This, this, this is embarrassing. This is shocking. This is shitty. Yeah. I hate this. Um, it, this has to change. And so it, it, it starts with that moment. And um, the moment with the ad agency with, with my sort of first career was I lived uh, about about a 20 mile drive from the office. But during season, you know, Florida is very seasonal during season. Sometimes that drive could take upwards of two hours. And so during season, I would I would try and go to the office really early to avoid traffic and then come home either early in the day, if possible, which never happened uh, or, or late at night. And one night I was driving home late at night and I started to fall asleep at the wheel and I opened my eyes and snapped out of it and realized I was in the middle of a red light. Wow. And, and so I slammed on the brakes and my Jeep sort of fishtailed and did this thing and I stopped at 2.30 in the morning in the middle of a red light with no other cars around anywhere. Um, if there had been a car there, I would have been killed. Right. And that was the moment where I was like, yeah, I got to do something about this. <laughs> right. uh, and so it starts with that moment. And um, it, it's funny, dude, you had said, you know, that, you know, there's been a couple times in your life where you found yourself in situations where you're like, yeah, right, this doesn't work for me. I'm blowing this up. I'm done. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and that certainly is, you know, one of the options. In my experience, when this happens, there's there's four options. The first option is to ignore it and do nothing which we've talked about a little bit. I don't know for most people, especially entrepreneurs, I don't know that that's really an option. Right. Um, I don't think entrepreneurs are really wired that way. And I think, you know, we might be able to ignore it for a little while because we like, uh, you know, we like giant incomes and we like being able to have that car or we like being able to live the life we live or whatever. But right. I, don't, I don't think for most of us we can ignore it forever. So I don't really see the first option as an option. Um, the second option is to quite simply get fed up and, and blow it up and right. just walk away. Again, I don't know that that's the best option, but again, we're finicky beasts, us entrepreneurs, and sometimes we've just had enough and that's it, right? Yep. So um, that certainly is, is what happened in 2010 or so with uh, the first internet business that I had built. I woke up one morning, I received an email from a customer, a guy that... Um, had purchased one of my courses in the middle of the night and he emailed me and said, Hey bro, I bought your course in the middle of the night. It really needs to work for me because if it doesn't, I need to make five grand by this. It might've been three grand. I need to make several grand by this weekend. Otherwise my kids and I will be homeless. Wow. And I was like, yep, I'm done. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, because my sales letters never promised any sort of money from the sky or any of that right. other thing. You're not a magician. You know, <laughs> Yeah, but at the time, you know, it was 2010 and the, the housing crisis was becoming a very real situation. The, the banking collapse was looming and uh, it was just a very difficult time for a lot of people. And my systems and my lead generation systems, my affiliate stuff was geared to bring me those people. And I didn't realize it until that moment. And and at that point, I blew that business up. I literally... Uh, I, I logged in. I, I oh my god! I can't believe I'm tell, talk, telling people this. But yeah, so I, I, I logged into um, Autoresponder. I deleted seventy five thousand people from my email lists. 
Wow. And then I logged into my, my CMS or whatever, and I deleted all of my monthly members. I had over a thousand people paying us $50 a month for, for uh, a monthly membership for training and stuff. And I uh, logged into my FTP uh, client, deleted all my websites, and I basically blew it up. I blew it up and I walked away. And I, I like to tell people that, um, you know, I had sunglasses on, I was walking slowly, it was exploding behind me. It was very cool. There were kittens involved. Like, you know, that's, but no, in tr truth be told, brother, it was extremely painful. I spent, um, I spent a long time crying and yeah. just uh, not understanding what had happened, how I built a business I hated, um, and not understanding what to do next, worried about my family and, and not sleeping. It, it, was a, it was a terrible time. Um, and I felt like a failure, dude, because, you know, who who does that, right? And so I, I think the first step is that Harajuku moment of realizing that you are no longer comfortable uh, where you're at and you're no longer willing to settle with where you're at. And then the second step is understanding that it's okay and understanding that all businesses go through cycles and that all entrepreneurs shift and change, goals shift and change. A good example of that being Netflix. Uh, you know, you're 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 longer in the tooth like I am. You remember when Netflix used to just be a DVD company? They would send you DVDs in the mail, and they transitioned from that to uh, being an online service, and now they're transitioning from that into being a a movie studio. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, this stuff. It, when you understand that this stuff is inevitable and that it's natural, and it doesn't mean that you're a failure then you can start to look at other options besides the first two, which are to ignore it or to blow it up. Right. Yeah, you see a lot of people sort of, and that maybe that's exactly why, is, you know, you see people pivoting their businesses and so forth, and you think to yourself, oh, this guy's just being very clever, he's trying to get into something new. But, uh, you know, thinking about it now, I'm probably sure there's a lot of those scenarios where the person, will, that's how they got out of where they were. Yeah, if they're smart, I mean, it, it definitely takes a lot of uh, self-awareness and it takes a lot of uh, a willingness to really aim the lens at your own self, which can which can be painful. It's it's not always been an easy process, but but I, you know, I will say that when you understand that this sort of thing happens, you know, I was chatting um, I was chatting with one of my favorite authors, a guy named Marty Newmeyer, okay. who wrote, wrote a book called um, The Brand Gap. And he wrote also wrote a book called Zag, which are incredible marketing books. But I was chatting with him once, and uh, and I was explaining this to him, and he goes, "Oh yeah, dude, like that's happened to me like six times in my life. That happens to me like every two years, <laughs> oh, every wow. three years." And I was wow. like, "Shut up, really? Like, because I don't hear about this on you know on podcasts yeah. or in interviews. I don't hear anyone talking about this." And he's like, "No, dude, it's totally natural." Like. You know, everyone pivots. My first business was designing software boxes. There's not even software boxes anymore, let alone computer <laughs> stores to buy software in. I had to change my business. And I was like, well, wow, no yeah. shit. Right? So, um, yeah, I mean, understanding it and owning it allows you to look at, um, like you had just mentioned, the other two options, which are, you know, to remove yourself from your business, you know, methodically remove yourself, whether it's something as simple as just starting to outsource some of the things that make you the most unhappy, right. um, do document what you're doing and outsource it or hire someone to come in and, and do those tasks so that you don't have to and you can focus on other more um, more liberating and more, more soul-filling tasks in your business. 
or, or you know, to go as deep as to uh, remove yourself completely, you know, to hire an operations manager and pay him a large salary and just take a smaller percentage of the business and let someone else run it or even sell your business, right? That's certainly an option. And then, you know, the fourth option is to realign your business, which you had mentioned. It's to sort of pivot and, and move your business back into alignment with your ethics and with, um, and with you know, where you're at and what your goals are. Right. Hey, you've seen that over time with a few. I'm trying to think. It probably doesn't matter even to mention, you know, names. But I, you certainly have seen that in the Internet marketing thing over time. You've seen a few people go through that where they uh, t- chose to realign their uh, their for ethical issues or whatever their reasons were, you could sort of uh, see, uh, you know, uh, becoming a born-again marketer almost, if, if that's a thing. Right. That's, yeah, uh, it, 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 it's tough, man. It's tough to separate. It's tough to separate the reality from the chaff because, uh, you know, I know certain markers who uh, have a retirement sale every year. Right. right. <laughs> like, I'm going out of sale. I'm changing my entire business. Buy all my stuff. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's... Um, it's a very strange place. It's a, you know, it's not an entrepreneurial. It's not commonly seen to be an entrepreneurial trait to be vulnerable, right? And, and to be open and to be shamelessly honest with yourself. Everyone needs to appear bulletproof, right? Right. And so uh, it requires a certain level of vulnerability to really look at where you're at and say, you know, look, I'm grateful. Uh, I'm grateful, but I'm unhappy. Yeah. And there's a big, big difference. The most recent time that this realignment occurred for me was at the beginning of the summer. And at the time, you know, I loved everything about my life except what I had to do to live it. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I really. Oh, I, is that all? <laughs> I, yeah, I won't lie to you, dude. I was super happy. We were making uh, great money. I was uh, never wearing shoes. I was working on my <laughs> lanai in the beautiful Florida weather. I was. Uh, working out at the gym a lot. I was going to yoga a lot. I was eating lunch with my friends almost every day. I was watching right. a ton of European soccer. Oh, yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, life was really good, man. But, you know, I would open my laptop in the morning and just go, oh, right. like, really? I got to do this today? Yeah. Well, that's interesting, too, because from seeing, you, like, you know, we're friends on Facebook and so forth, you know, just watching you from a distance. Uh, and that's what was probably you know real surprising to me when you put up the video and I thought okay well that's interesting because I'd see your stuff popping up you know you were taking your family to Vegas and the Pacific Northwest and so forth and you look like you're just living the life you know and again that's part of that you know no one I would have never suspected for for a second that you weren't happy with what you were doing because uh, you know you get this impression of people based on a series of photos, videos, or, or snapshots on the internet or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, I don't feel that I was intentionally deceiving people. I think no, I was no. deceiving myself Yeah. Uh, because I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to cast the lens at myself. And, and like I had said, you know, I loved almost every aspect of my life during that time except one. And so for me to for me to go, really? Am I gonna am I gonna blow something up again, or am I gonna am I gonna do this again, really? Um, but but like I had said, you know, as I've done this now several times, it's it. I will say to to those of you listening that it gets less painful every time, and it takes less time every time. And at least for me, it's been a less radical uh shift every time so this last time that this happened it was a a slight realignment 
that that really has brought me immense pleasure and happiness in working again. That's great to hear, man. Yeah, that sounds like you've learned uh, lessons, of course, from the previous realignments, if that's the term we're going to use. And uh, so, yeah, the, the fact that it happens quicker and stuff, it's not such a... A colossal ordeal where you you have all these doubts because you've had these things before and you realize what it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The first time it happened, I switched entire careers. Right. Right. And uh, the second time it happened, I blew everything up and started over. Uh, the third time it happened, it was merely a a realignment, a slight adjustment in my path based on my shifting goals. Okay. So let's uh, take you back to be- let's take it back to the beginning of the summer. Uh, what was your business then, and what did you realign? So I had built um, I had built a business where I was doing conversion consulting based on uh, my experience in 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 the agency world, and also in participating in a lot of high end launches, launching my own products, split testing a lot of my own pages, um, and a lot of my own assets, and then working with clients for so many years. But I built a business where I was just consulting and helping. Uh, other entrepreneurs with their conversions, and it was uh, it was a great business. It was a really really lucrative business. We charged a twenty five hundred dollar a month flat retainer, and we would meet with our clients once a week or twice a month, depending on what suited them. And uh, you don't need a whole lot of clients at twenty five hundred dollars yeah. a month to to live a very good life. Um, but what had happened is a couple of things. The first thing that had happened was I let I let some of my clients readjust our arrangement to better suit them, and I, I loved I loved all of the people that I was working with at the time, and I don't think it was malicious, but I do think it's human nature to try and get as much as you possibly can out of any situation. That's why people eat at buffets. Right. And um, <laughs> so, could, you know, a couple of my clients, one of them in particular, they were like, oh, well, you know, we fired our in-house team, and so is there any way that you can just update all the split tests this week? And, and because I love watching European soccer and going to yoga and hanging out with my kids, I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And suddenly I was doing all of the implementation instead of consulting, which is how I had originally envisioned business, right? And so there was a lot of scope creep there and there was a lot of extra hours that were happening suddenly there. And I just didn't have the balls to tell them no because I loved everything else about my life. Um, and so that happened with a couple of my clients. One of them, um, I went from consulting to actually writing their emails. Okay. Um, and part of this also is, you know, I feel a strong sense of, um, of responsibility and I wanted my clients to get results. And a lot of times I would just say to myself, look, you know, this, this guy that's working for my client is an idiot. I'm just going to do it. Like, just right. tell your guys to, to leave this alone. I got this. Yeah. Because I wanted my clients to get results, right? And so the business sort of crept up on me and turned into something where I was back to doing a lot of pixel pushing and a lot of copywriting and a lot of implementation, which is not how I had envisioned the business. Right. Another one of my clients landed their dream uh, contract and literally got so busy that they were no longer able to get on the phone with me. Right. And so, um, you know, I would, I would send them all my recommendations. I would send them my conversion audit and I would say, Hey man, look, let's get on the phone next week. And they go, yeah, 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 definitely. And then we just never would. And so, you know, two, three months goes by and they're like, look, man, just send the invoice. It's all good. We're just slammed. And I just, I was billing these people $2,500 a month and literally doing nothing for them. Right. It just didn't sit well with me. You know, it, it was minor things. And again, I understand that I sound like the world's biggest turd. (laughs) for 
for being unhappy. Right. To bill someone for doing nothing. <laughs> um, I, you know, but, but again, I mean, you only live this life once. I think that when you can build a business that's in such alignment with who you are and with your passions and your goals, that it literally is seamless. And you show up, you know, for your wife the same way you show up for your kids and the same exact way that you show up for your clients. It is so integrated with how you want to live your life and how you want to show up that there is no distinction. That, that was my goal. And, um, and so I had, I, had to, I had to change it. So you made these, so this sort of happened uh, as you were going along, and then in what way did you decide, okay, this is the buck stops here, we're doing this from now on? Yeah, so um, what happened um, What happened at the beginning of the summer was that as soon as I sort of realized that I was no longer able to deal with this, uh, I think it became very apparent in the work that we were doing for our clients, they were still getting results, but our heart wasn't in it. Right. Within a very short period of time, I gently let go of or was let go of by uh, almost all of our clients within the space of six weeks. We sort of separated and, and went our separate ways from nearly all of our clients um, within six weeks. Within eight wow. weeks, all of them were gone. Wow. And I tell you what, though, dude, like no joke, it was the most liberating feeling in the world because it created space for me to really spend some time over the summer sitting and reflecting. Yeah. on what that ideal business might look like and, and where I might transition to to fill me up and to make me happy. That's awesome, man. I'm glad, that sounds like a real, it does sound liberating. And I could tell just by the way you talked about it that uh, it was like this uh, freeing where you lifted this enormous weight off your shoulders because when your heart's not in it, you just can't continue. Yeah, it's so true. And, um, you know, it, it's an emotional thing for me to discuss because you know, I'd said earlier that each time that I've gone through this process, it's taken less time and it's become easier. Uh, and it's also, it's also become more liberating and more free. And, um, you know, I, I quite honestly, I never, I never really thought that it was possible to build a business that I enjoyed so much. I never thought that it was possible to do something to where I felt in alignment with um, with really what I feel I do best for people and how I want to show up and, and the results that I get for people. Uh, the Japanese have a, a term for this, actually. It's called Ikigai, I-K-I-G-A-I, I believe, but it basically means your reason for being. And it's a combination between that which you love to do and that which the world needs and that which you're very good at and when all of those are in alignment with that which makes you money, then you have found your Aikigai. According to the Japanese, you found your reason for being. I found mine. I found right. it. And uh, it's, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, I feel like that scene in The Matrix, right? Where every morning I wake up and I grab my bulletproof coffee and it's like I see the code. <laughs> yeah, and I'm exactly. like, wow, check this out. Very cool. <laughs> That's awesome, Very, man. That's a great feeling. I'm so sure. this, this, the slight real, in a long roundabout way, I'm sorry I didn't answer your question, but the slight realignment that I made was I realized that the best way for me to serve my clients and the thing that I am best at and that which inspires me is to help businesses through this process. It's right. to help entrepreneurs build businesses or, or recreate or reinvent their businesses into something that not only makes them more money, but also makes them happy. Right. Well, that's great, man. It sounds like you really have found that, uh, that, that intersection of, uh, what your, 
what people need, obviously, as we we talked about this whole time, and obviously what you want to do. So that's that's a great realization. Thanks, man. Yeah, it feels very good. So, what does the uh, immediate future hold for Eric Stafford? Are you going to uh, looking? Are you looking for uh, new clients that you can help people this with, or what's what sort of approach are you taking? It's um, it's not a sort of situation where it's like, great, let's build a sales team, and I'm gonna build a webinar, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna blow this up, and uh, you know, like like I had mentioned, I'm I'm really quite happy with every other aspect of my life, and so. Um, for me, it's just a matter of putting that intention out there and understanding that um, this message will resonate with the right people. And if uh, if that looks like a great fit for us to work together, then I'm certainly open to that. And if it isn't, then it isn't. And that's just how it is. Um, and, and again, it's just super liberating to not feel tied to those outcomes. It's just liberating to know that I'm doing what I'm what I'm here to do and so the clients uh, the clients understand and the right people have showed up and I'm, I'm working with several clients now and it's incredibly rewarding that's awesome man that's great news I'm glad to hear that now if people do want to get a hold of you and they listen to this and they they feel like they may be in this sort of quagmire where they're you know secretly sad that the, the that this isn't one of what what they want and they're thinking about pivoting or blowing it up or or whatever, yeah. or just suffering uh, needlessly in, in uh, desolation, then how do, how do people get a hold of you? So the best way to reach me, um, you can certainly find me on Facebook. I'm guessing if you're listening to this, we probably share some similar friends. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Eric Stafford on Facebook, uh, or you can check out StaffordMarketing.com or EricStafford.com. Those are my websites. Awesome. Well, you've really uh, provided a, a great deal value here today this is this is something that virtually nobody talks about i've never heard another not listen to every podcast on earth but i've certainly listened to a lot of the major ones and i've never heard anyone really delving into this this is something i think that exists probably in a a much greater number than anyone wants to talk about or or even understands kind of the tip of the iceberg uh, idea there but you have some real good strategies and having gone through it yourself eric it sounds like you got a grip on this thing well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate you having me, and uh, and I respect what you do. So I'm proud to be a part of it. Thanks a lot, man. And we'll be back again for the next episode, and hopefully we'll have someone as real and authentic and as kick-ass as Eric on the next episode of Guys Always Have a Fantastic Day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to become a well-paid freelance copywriter so you can live life on your terms, check out my webinar on how I get paid up to $10,000 to write simple, fun emails. And I'll even show you how I got started with no experience, no connections, and no formal writing training. To get the training, go to www.themcmethod.com slash webinar. That's www.themcmethod.com slash webinar.